Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of this week's podcast is Wisdom and Waiting. Now, for our starting point on this, let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 4. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible today, but you're welcome to follow in any translation that works for you. All right, so starting on Proverbs 4, and I'm going to read the whole thing. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one is in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. And her is wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter Unto the perfect day. The day of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You know, that means, you know, be aware because you're going to experience troubles in your life. Going on in verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So why do I start this episode reading from Proverbs chapter 4? Well, many of you may be in a holding pattern. You've either been praying on something, or you've been waiting for an answer, or a blessing on something for some time now. And I know at times the waiting can be grueling, and there can be a lot of frustration that comes along with it. You know, I've been going through some uh, stresses myself, and I wasn't sure I was even going to have a podcast this week. I've been saying that, I said that last time. you know, the Lord has come through each time, and, and I give glory to Him. But um, in my time of waiting, I uh, recently received an email from a listener, and I asked if I could share some of it, and she said yes. My husband and I have been going through secondary infertility for about five years. We have been wanting another child of our own. We are not sure if God is calling us to foster again or not. The first time we fostered, we faced so many difficulties from the birth parent. We decided we could not continue further with fostering the baby and had her placed in a different home due to the drama from the parent. I wondered if I've heard from God correctly on taking the placement of the baby in the first place. I wondered if I heard God correctly or if the problems I was facing with the foster parent were spiritual attacks. You can mention this email if the Lord leads you to do so, but on this I would like you to possibly talk about how to recognize God's voice and the voice of the enemy also on the differences between trials and spiritual attacks. I've talked about the trials before, but um, spiritual attacks normally come, it may be an attack or it may not be. Generally, I look at it like this. If something, if you're trying to do something over and over and over again, 
especially in the time we live, you need to discern that it may not be in God's will for you. Um, you know, it's a very sensitive subject, having children in the last days or taking on that responsibility. And, you know, it's a huge choice to make. And because it is a sensitive one, it's, you know, very close to the heart with many, especially, you know, in a young couple. And, um, you know, just to be honest, and I'm, I'm not meaning any of what I'm about to present today as harsh, so I don't want it to be taken that way. But what I'm going to share with you today um, on that, concerning that email, is going to be wisdom concerning the times and um, having discernment on why it may not be in the Lord's will for you to have a child. Having kids, having responsibilities such as that in these last days may be a decision that is burdensome when life begins to become anything but easy in the season we're entering. This is why I made reference to Proverbs 4 at the beginning of this podcast, specifically verses 25 through 27 in this case. It's important to note that God does give us a choice, but wisdom of the current state in the world should be a barometer in what comes and how difficult our lives will become or could become. I'm going to go through these one by one and state what wisdom speaks from these words. So going back to Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 25 says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. You know, in other words, what do you see occurring in the world? When you see all the chaos and supply shortages, when you see laws being made that are actually not in the favor of children and all the blasphemous content where it comes to children, such as gender studies and, you know, what does that all say to you if these things are not of God? You know, Jesus said, woe to those who corrupt the children, let the little ones come to me. And I'm paraphrasing, you know, I may not have said it in the right order, but the Lord has a very special place in his heart for children. And when you hear of wars and the rumors of wars, what does that speak to you when you stop to think about it? When you hear of high food prices and baby formula shortages, and massive price increases and rationing of which we're now seeing, what does this pattern tell you? And, you know, speaking of which, you can look up articles and videos on this, but for the purpose of this podcast and for the listening audience, I'm going to play a short minute clip from CBS News for you um, concerning the formula shortage, because I want to really put this into perspective here. So let's take a listen to this really quick. This is a news clip. And this was from around um, April 12th. So just about a week or two ago, short of two weeks ago. Let's take a listen. This morning we're talking baby formula as some kinds of baby formula is getting harder to find all across the country, leaving parents scrambling for alternatives. Baby formula accounted for more than $4 billion in sales in 2021. That's up 4.5% from 2020. And our consumer investigative correspondent, Anna Werner, has been talking to truly frustrated parents. He's a little happy boy. San Francisco residents Irene and Mario Onhook are the parents of Marlo, a 10-month-old boy. His mom can't breastfeed, so from birth they've fed him a liquid infant formula from Similac, but now say it's in short supply. We've noticed it being difficult to find maybe a couple months ago, two, three months ago, and then just recently we can't find it. We've tried all the local targets. We checked Costco's, Costco online, Walgreens, Long's. Can't find it anywhere. Her husband even drove an hour away. No luck. So the couple switched to the powdered version of the formula. But say Marlo sometimes spits it up or won't finish it. It just worrisome a little bit for us because we want to just make sure he's getting all the calories he needs and all the nutrition he needs from the formula because he's not a year yet. Many parents around the country are reporting the same thing, bare shelves or very low stocks of baby formula from New York to Washington state. The Infant Nutrition Council of America confirms reports of challenges across supply chains. It's been worsening a little bit in the last three, four weeks. 
if you can sell more. K.K. DeVay with retail research firm IRI says for major brands of baby formula powder, the average national in-stock rate before the pandemic was 95 percent. But his firm found as of last week, rates of availability across 10 national retailers ranged from 98 percent to as low as 75 percent. Powdered formula was less available in some cities, including Seattle, Wichita, Kansas and Tucson. Why are there shortages on infant formula? Some of the shortages are uh, related to procuring the raw materials, some of it in in production, some of it is in packaging, and then labor shortages uh, in the factory, in transportation. Empty shelves are what mom Tiffany Manon says she's been finding north of Orlando, Florida. No matter where we looked, it was sold out. Her 10-week-old son, Corbin, was born six weeks premature. She says doctors instructed her to feed him a liquid Enfamil product so he'd gain weight. The company helped by sending her free cases of the product. But now, she says, local stores are out of the liquid and powder versions. Are you worried? I am worried. It's Again, it, it comes to our minds of... Once we do run out of this formula, what's going to happen if they're sold out? Enfamil's maker Reckitt told us they have ample supply of their formula products, but said U.S. baby formula industry-wide sales are up 18 percent, which is more than double birth rates. The company says in response, it's ramping up production and is currently shipping 50 percent more product to address issues as fast as possible. The manufacturer of Similac products, Abbott, did not respond to our questions about supplies and availability. Neither did Nestle, which makes Gerber products. Tiffany Manon says she worries. With parents like her on the hunt for supplies, some may choose to hoard formula, leaving her to go without. This is my child. How am I supposed to feed my child if he does not have what he needs to be fed? Because people are either hoarding it or there's product shortage. We reached out to major retail outlets. Most of them told us they are working with their suppliers to cover customer demand. Abbott referred us to the Infant Nutrition Council. Now, that group says that its manufacturers, too, are working to ensure availability. That analyst we spoke to, Tony, is hoping that things will loosen up here in terms of supplies of formula in about four to six weeks. So hopefully that's a good uh, note for parents. Jeez. I mean, you can hope so. Formula is food. It's hard to imagine a more critical issue for parents, particularly parents of babies under six months of age who can't get anything else. Uh, Anna, thank you very much. We know you'll stay on top of it. Now, did you hear the one mother where she said, how am I supposed to feed my child? And of course, the news is saying, oh, so hard to imagine, but I'm sure it'll be okay. Will it be okay? Do you trust the current state of everything? Is that a risk? you're willing to take? Are you allowing the Lord to guide you, or are you simply fulfilling your wants? And by the way, this is not targeted at the person who sent me that email. This is for anybody who is considering, you know, bringing a child into this world. Because I've heard stories of people who are shacked up, who want to have kids, and they're not even married. But it all comes around because it's important to everyone to make these decisions. And this is just one of many. You know, what we want versus what is in our own best interests and being ordained by God to prepare us for the times ahead are two separate things. When Jesus was speaking to his apostles concerning the Great Tribulation, he said, and by the way, this is looking at Matthew 24, verses 15 through 22. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place. And that's the Antichrist. Going on in verse 16, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Let me repeat that. But woe to those who are pregnant, and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. 
So then let's cross-reference and look at Luke 23. You know, when Jesus was being crucified, he turned to his apostles and said, and this is starting on Luke 23, verse 28 for reference, but Jesus turning to them said, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. So let's pick those verses apart, line by line. Starting on Luke 23, verse 28, Jesus said, Do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Why would Jesus say that? I'll tell you why, because it is about to become very difficult to care for ourselves and our children and families in these last days. Everyone can argue that God says be fruitful and multiply, and yes, that's true. But God's only son, who when he was being crucified on the cross, foretold us these days were coming. You know, you can look at Mark chapter 13, Luke chapters 21 through 23, and Matthew 24. Jesus spoke about the future before he was crucified. And so as we glorify his death and resurrection, we just came out of Resurrection Sunday, we also need to be careful to understand and remember and believe his word, that there's going to be a time for everything and that his words will be fulfilled. He was speaking of the last days, not a time beforehand. You know, so moving on in Luke 23, verse 29, Jesus said, For indeed, the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. So, those who are desiring children but can't understand why they're not having their prayers answered would be best to take a step back and see that it very well may be the Lord's mercy, a blessing in disguise. You know, you may be perceiving that it's an attack by the enemy, but actually, it could be the Lord saying, No, my son, no, my daughter. Let me protect you. And, you know, to that you might say, well, this person or that person has a child, why can't I? Well, because it's simple. It's not in God's plan for you. There may be a situation in your life coming that you're unaware of. You might be sitting pretty now. You might have a house. You might have a great job, great income. But that may not always be the case. What happens if this economy collapses? What happens if there's another lockdown? You know, in other words, Jesus gave us these messages ahead of time because he foretold in these times, this is how it would be. And I'm telling you simply what Jesus said, that, you know, those aren't my words. And, you know, separately, when we look at the book of James chapter four, starting on verse 14, the word says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. The boasting, the arrogance, that's the wanting. We're a nation found wanting. You know, we're, we're still trying to cling on that somehow things are going to be okay and they're going to be normal. No, they're not. Being wanting and having the form of pride, that's the opposite of praying into the Lord's will. And we all need to be careful in the times we live, because if you ignore these words and the words of the prophets, you're essentially going against God if you're not submitting to his will. And this is why I appeal to you to have wisdom and give you the warning to submit to the Lord's will, not your own. Because Ezekiel 3 verse 20 says, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you did not give him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. So, I take that seriously, doing his work, to appeal to you to consider not overstepping the Lord. But I've now warned you, so I'm telling you, it's his protection. And again, referencing James 4, verse 14, how do you know what it will be like tomorrow or next week or a month for that matter? You know, going back to Luke chapter 23, verse 30, 
Jesus said, Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. What that says is the judgments and the tribulations alike are going to get so horrific that people are literally going to beg to die, but death will not find them. Especially when they're starving. And, you know, when people are starving, they will do things so disgusting. It is the kind of stuff you would see in a horror movie. You know, there are people out there who are not saved. They'll sell their children just to eat. They'll sell them into sex slavery. You name it. And, you know, people watch horror movies about zombies or people going crazy and losing their minds. And they even get so desperate they're willing to eat their own pets, their own babies, and eat each other, for that matter. And it's not just a movie. What if I told you that such a scenario was described in quite a few places in the Word? You know, when we take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 52 through 57, it talks about what people will do during war. And we're on the brink of war. Anybody can believe what they want, but you heard the End Time series I did just a couple of months ago with Glinda. But to accurately quote Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 52 through 57, They shall besiege you at all your gates until your high and fortified walls in which you trust come down throughout all your land. And they shall besiege you at all your gates throughout all your land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall eat the fruit of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters whom the Lord your God has given you in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you. The sensitive and very refined man among you will be hostile toward his brother, toward the wife of his bosom, and toward the rest of his children whom he leaves behind, so that he will not give any of them the flesh of his children whom he will eat, because he has nothing left in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates. That means... Soldiers have come through and eaten all the food, and people are going to have no choice left but to eat their own. It's far from a movie. That's the judgment. And it's coming. You know, it's prophesied. But going on in verse 56, The tender and delicate woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her delicateness and sensitivity will refuse to the husband of her bosom and to her son and her daughter, her placenta, which comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for lack of everything in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates. So, you see, again, it's not just a movie. It's biblical. The stuff you see in movies is to desensitize the populace for when that time arrives. You know, that's the evil spirit being planted that will tell the unsaved that it's okay to do those things. You know, people are going to do unsavory things in those times to survive. And, you know, I asked the Lord once in prayer what would be a sign that his return was imminent. And he told me that there would be great famine and pestilence. Now, you all might recall that Glinda had a vision and she titled it The Time of Esau. And this was a time of great hunger and much heartache, and that people would get mad at God because they could no longer have what they wanted. Notice I keep saying wanted. So, for this podcast, I took a few segments um, from the podcast series, What the Lord Showed Us About the End Times, and I stitched these together. So, what you are about to hear, I'm going to play a clip, and it's actually from parts one and two, or I'm sorry, parts two and three from that series. And I put these together for in such a way to illustrate the purpose of what I've been speaking about today. That no, we are in the end days. Things are not going back to normal. And, you know, people have had dreams and visions about this. It's not only in the word. People have had dreams and visions about this. So that said, let's take a moment to revisit some of what was said as it pertains to what I just read from those verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28. As for the saved people who don't listen to the message, they, along with those who think, you know, somebody is going to magically pull America out of the toilet and restore her, y'all, you're in for a terrible shock when these events begin. That is not what's coming. And maybe somebody could pull America out of the toilet and save her if it were not for the fact 
that the reason all of what you see is happening is because we are witnessing God's unfolding hand of judgment. He has told us that if America did not repent, this was years ago, that if America did not repent, he was going to pull back his hand of protection. And I was not a person he told that to. He told it to someone else. When the invasion occurs and our enemies rush in to take over this nation, that is when his hand is completely off of this country. And then only those who are walking closely with him will be shown any mercy. Please understand me when I tell you, I wish we did have more time, more good time. There's so much more I want to teach on and study. But And please don't think we want to see America destroyed any more than you do. We both have unsafe family members we're concerned about. We put these shows together and put out the warnings because this is our job. This is what God has called us to do. It's what he requires of us. And because we really care what happens to y'all. It's not going to be like before where, you know, we had a recession or we had a war and then everything gets better. This time we will have an unprecedented recession. It will be an economic crash and a massive war involving America and other nations. And things will get worse, a lot worse. And then the end will come. But before it comes, those who refuse the Lord now and those who scoff and mock and refuse to get their hearts right with him will be carried into the great tribulation for refining. And what he told me was how well you submit to that refining determines how long you have to stay in there with all the horrors that are going to be going on. You know, everything in our country, in America, is not ever going back to the way it was. He has told us that. The normal we grew up in is gone forever. I wish it wasn't, but it is. The normal of even 20 years ago is gone forever. This is our new normal. A wicked government who hates us and wants us all dead because of who we serve. And we cannot change that. So we need to accept it and move on. Clinging to what is not here anymore is only going to leave you unprepared for what is on the way. Please, please hear me on this. The new normal is part of the beautiful illusion. The Lord told us about the beautiful illusion on November 27th, 2018. Let me read that. And by the way, I believe this illusion is how the powers that be sell the mark of the beast to so many. That and the fact that so few, at least in my country, are willing to do without anything. I believe that they will say some kind of garbage like, let's remove the hate from America so everybody can be their authentic selves without anyone trying to force their beliefs on us. What they really mean is so their flesh can rule and no one will protest the perverse laws they're going to pass. We all have the same choice. Walk in the flesh and continually satisfy the desires of the flesh, which, by the way, never gets enough of anything, or walk in the spirit and serve God who will help you get free of all those fleshly desires so you can have peace. Uh, October 28, 2020, he gave us a message called the time of Esau. From time to time, the Lord gives me glimpses of what is coming to the earth so I can warn others. And I was thinking about, you know, our world in my quiet time with the Lord early that morning, and I began to sense strongly the season that we'd entered. Impressions began coming rapidly, and I began seeing scenes in the spirit, and I began typing what I was seeing. I felt a deep sense of sadness rise up in my spirit with these scenes. The sadness started days before, and I'd wondered why it was there. A time of great darkness and much lack is at our doorsteps. A time so desperate, unlike anything we have experienced here in America. A time of no jobs, no entertainment, and no joy. The closest I can think of to compare it to is the Great Depression, but even in the Great Depression, there was celebration, you know, here and there. In this dark time, I see none of that. I am shown that he has arranged for all else to be taken away, so we have only him to focus on. It is his mercy, but it will feel like anything but mercy. I saw cold in this. I saw bone-chilling cold. No softly lit lamps, no warm hearths and quilts to keep us warm. I saw flavored water instead of hearty stew to eat in the cold. I saw very little light, and what was there was very dim. And the spiritual light was the same. I saw people sitting still in their houses. I still remember that. They, were, they would sit around. And they would just kind of, they wouldn't even look very much at each other. They were just sitting there shivering. They were sitting there like they were waiting for something. And I could see desperation on their faces. They didn't seem to be moving around or going anyplace, but I wasn't shown why. I didn't know if it was because they were cold or if they were being held prisoner. And then I realized I didn't see any children. I did not see a single person under the age of 20 in those scenes. Where did the children go? 
Why was no one smiling? There was not a single smile in any of the scenes. And I wondered if the bride had been taken out, and I think maybe she had. And another thing that I want to mention before I read the rest of this is I was shown last year that the people who refused to take the mark of the beast, and you cannot take come back from the mark of the beast, you can't take it and then repent. That's one thing the Bible makes very clear. You cannot repent of that. I know there are people out there teaching you can. You cannot, not from that, because you have to deny Jesus to take that. And in this time, that's the death sentence for your soul. So know that so you can make your decision now which way you're going to go. I was shown last year that the people who refuse to take the mark, if they have minor children, they're going to take their minor children away and say, well, you can't provide for them now, so we're going to take custody of your children. And so that could possibly have to do with this vision. I don't know. I saw violence, raping, and pillaging. Okay, that's a time of lawlessness we're talking about, when people already had nothing. And I saw that there were still a few people who had wealth, and I saw them guarding it very jealously because it was their God, and they were afraid of nothing more than losing their wealth. I saw parents eating the last of the food in their kitchens, but I saw starving children sleeping in their beds when they were eating. So it's possible that some people still had children. The few pets I saw were suffering horribly and nearly dead of starvation. Everybody that I saw in, in this particular vision was starving to death. It was a very dark time. I saw people walking the roads looking for anything, anywhere to eat, but I see military trucks telling them to go back to their houses. And then I saw a smile, an evil one, one of those, either you obey or I will kill you kind of smiles. And I saw that some of the people lived in the woods because they had no houses. They did not have the money to keep their houses. I saw no television newscast. There didn't seem to be any television programming at all. And I don't know if that was because there was no electricity or I don't know, maybe somebody blew up Hollywood. I don't know. But maybe that was why the lights were so dim. I could only hear quiet. And there was no government. What happened to our government? I could not see the Capitol. If you've, if you've ever had a vision, you can look around in the visions, not all of them, but some of them you can look around and look for other things. And there, you can either see them or not see them. And I wondered if our country had been attacked and taken over by communists, because that was what the atmosphere felt like. Very heavy, very oppressive, very forced. Like we had been forced into a situation and all hope was gone. I tried to see Hollywood, and all I could see was that there were no movies being made. Closer to home, I could also see there were no sports being played, not even high school or college. But I could not see why. I couldn't even see any school. I saw cold, despair, and hopelessness. Nobody was talking about the future. Nobody was smiling. America was no longer the land of hope and dreams. It had become the land of desperation. I saw a few people trying to talk quietly to the suffering about the Lord, but people were very angry at God. They were blaming him for everything. Whenever anything goes wrong, everybody wants to put the rap on God, but they don't turn to him until it goes wrong. That's hardly fair. They were blaming him for everything. The fact that they were trying to talk quietly makes, made me think that witnessing had been outlawed. I did not see anyone sitting and reading Bibles and the churches were all shuttered. I saw a few of the younger men getting fed up with the situation and saying, I'm going to join the army. At least there I can eat. And their wives and families were begging them not to, saying it was a death sentence. And I was shown this is the time of Esau, a time when many will trade their souls for a bowl of soup. This is the time when everyone will literally choose between flesh and spirit. Feed your flesh or preserve your soul. And in that time, when the mark comes out, I hear people Satan has lied to saying, obviously, there is no God since this is happening. I'm going to go get some food. You know, when you do that, that means food has become your God. That is the silent question that will be posed to each of us when the mark of the beast is introduced. Tell my people, daughter, tell my people I am their only hope. Tell them to draw near to me now so they will be spared from what you are seeing it is those who refuse me who will suffer this fate. Those who refuse me and refuse my correction will be corrected by much harsher measures as I raise up enemies against every wicked nation that does not acknowledge me as the one true God, for I will give their lands into the hands of the enemies. For anyone who doesn't know, Esau was the rebellious brother of Jacob, and Esau traded his birthright, his right to inherit, which was a double portion since he was the oldest, for a bowl of soup right after their father Isaac left this world. 
So Glinda mentioned the soldiers and invasion, and that's what I was referring to when I read those verses from Deuteronomy 28. You'll note she also mentioned the mark, and she mentioned that it's possible were the children taken away from those who wouldn't take the mark. There were very little children left. So again, you know, we're under judgment, like you just heard, and happy days are not coming back. And it's frightening to know that there's a lot of believers out there who aren't believing that the word is going to be fulfilled. You know, I read Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 20 earlier, but when we revisit the book of Ezekiel, we can look to chapter 5, and specifically verses 6 through 17, to see where this was prophesied. Starting on verse 6, She has rebelled against my judgments by doing wickedness more than the nations, and against my statutes more than the countries that are all around her. For they have refused my judgments, and they have not walked in my statutes. And, you know, to just insert a point here, those are the judgments being what the Lord is showing us now, and still the refusal to walk in his ways, rather than our own. But going on to verse 7, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have multiplied disobedience more than the nations that are all around you, have not walked in my statutes, nor kept my judgments, nor even done according to the judgments of the nations that are all around you. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, indeed, I, even I, am against you, and will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations. And I will do among you what I have never done, and the like of which I will never do again, because of all your abominations. And there are many abominations taking place right now. Oh boy. And here we go again, like I was reading from Deuteronomy 28, going on in um, Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 10. Therefore, fathers shall eat their sons in your midst, and sons shall eat their fathers. And I will execute judgments among you, and all of you who remain I will scatter to all the winds. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, surely, because you have defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and with all your abominations, therefore I will also diminish you. My eye will not spare, nor will I have any pity. And by the way, when he says defiled my sanctuary, that means all the stuff that's been brought into the mainstream church and everyone just is all about peace and prosperity doctrine they don't want to hear about repenting. They don't want to hear about getting right and walking in the Lord's ways. That's what the Lord is referring to. But going on in verse 12, still in Ezekiel chapter 5, one third of you shall die of the pestilence and be consumed with famine in your midst. And one third shall fall by the sword all around you. And I will scatter another third to all the winds and I will draw out a sword after them. That means he's going to make it so that People are essentially scattered to other nations. They'll go into captivity. That is because they led others into captivity and condoned the sin. Thus shall my anger be spent, and I will cause my fury to rest upon them, and I will be avenged, and they shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it in my zeal when I have spent my fury upon them. Moreover, I will make you a waste and a reproach among the nations that are all around you in the sight of all who pass by. So it shall be a reproach, a taunt, a lesson, and an astonishment to the nations that are all around you when I execute judgments among you in anger and in fury and in furious rebukes. I, the Lord, have spoken. When I send against them the terrible arrows of famine, which shall be for destruction, which I will send to destroy you. I will increase the famine upon you and cut off your supply of bread. That's what I was talking about earlier. So I will send against you famine and wild beasts, and they will bereave you. Pestilence and blood shall pass through you, and I will bring the sword against you. I, the Lord, have spoken. You know, there are many having dreams and visions on the coming famine. But I'm going to play another clip by Brother Rene Barrios Jr., and he is a gentleman located in Puerto Rico and has a ministry on YouTube. And he has a style similar to mine where he exhorts to his audience that the time of the Lord is near. And he exhorts to them, you know, this is your last chance, get right. 
And I've actually been trying to reach out to him to see if I can get him on because, I mean, he's the real deal. He's had some very similar dreams to what I've experienced. And, you know, sometimes I check around and see, you know, because there's a lot of false prophets out there also saying everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. You know, we don't have anything to worry about. No, no, no. A real prophet is going to be quoting the word and they're going to be sharing dreams that are in line with the word. And I'm going to link to uh, Brother Renee's YouTube channel when I put up this podcast, but here's another one that pertains to the famine, which uh, I felt was appropriate to insert based upon what I've been talking about. Let's take a listen. Well, then my wife had a dream, um, the following dream that she had recently. This was about a week ago, and she had a dream that there was a big hunger, and there was a lot of people hungry, and she could see people, groups, and streets. And they were like eating, feeding on something. And as my wife looks, she says that they were eating people and they weren't zombies. And the people will say like gently, like kind of like um, putting their hands over them and, 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 and basically telling them to relax. We just want to eat. We're hungry. And this person was just screaming in agony and in pain. And they were just saying, all we want to do is eat. Just permit us to eat you, you know, because we're so hungry. And they were, as a group, they were just eating people. And she said it was just a gruesome scene and she could see how, I guess, people had blood in their faces from them eating the people alive. They weren't dead. They were eating people alive. And they were just holding them down by their hands and just feeding off uh, human flesh. So there was like can cannibalism going on. So just God have mercy. God is just advising people, guys. Uh, God is just warning people and showing people uh, all the prophetic dreams that my wife has been having, that I've been having, has come to pass people are writing to me um people are writing me messages um god bless you guys right and like i said all the honor and glory be to our lord and savior jesus christ um god is just awesome he's an awesome god and he is confirming to us right in these last days that um everything and his holy precious word is being fulfilled we just got to keep strong you know press on and keep walking fighting the good fight but it's just amazing how things come to pass, you know, uh, for God's glory, how he just shows you stuff. You know, all we are, you know, we're just messengers, you know, in Christ, right? The body of Christ to be able to share the gospel, the good news, right? And warn people what's to come. And I really think that uh, God is allowing these things to happen so people could realize and see that there are true uh, prophets among this world or people who have prophetic gifts and ministers I think that God is waking up people waking up ministries and confirming and saying hey listen what I'm showing you the dreams that I'm showing you they're coming to pass because it's not your thinking or understanding but it's because I'm showing you and I'm allowing these things to happen so that people could see that I'm real see I always tell the Lord just use me for your glory as a messenger and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing the same. And they have a humble heart. And they just want to do the will of God. And it's just so amazing how God is just fulfilling His Word and how these things are fulfilling. And when I saw this, I was like, wow. Just like, you know, I believe in my wife because I know that we have a ministry to uh, God be the, the glory. And um, He uses her in the same way. You know, she has dreams and she actually sees spiritual things. She has seen angels. She has seen demons. And um, the Lord has revealed to her a lot of things. Um, as well as for myself. So uh, as a family, we have a connection. Uh, she sings for the Lord, right? We try to do everything for the Lord. Everything is for the Lord here. And I'm sharing these things, guys, because God is real. And when He shows us things, they come to pass. You know, a lot of people maybe who see the videos are actually understanding and say, Wow, you know what? What Brother Rene is talking about is coming to pass. And once again, it's all for the glory of God. You know, it's all for Him. You know, for the souls. And to just do God's perfect will. Now that video was back in 2020, but he's done other clips. And they're very telling as to what's coming. So like I said, I'll link to his channel on my blog if y'all uh, want to check that out. But you know, going back to the issue of children. It's only my opinion here. But when I read the verses I've read to you today, what they speak to me is that the time is not favorable to be bringing a child into the world for the fact that the times are going to get very difficult. 
And you know, like that clip I played earlier from the news about the formula, the last thing any parent wants to hear is a child crying or a hungry child. I mean, you want to talk about what's truly heartbreaking. That's something I wouldn't want to imagine. I wouldn't want to see anybody have to deal with that. I don't think anyone in their right mind would want to imagine that. It's going to be hard enough to hear and see just ordinary people going hungry because they slept until the last minute or mocked the warnings. Now, my personal advice and what wisdom in the word speaks to me is don't be among those who are caught unaware, especially if you are aware these things are coming. And after this podcast today, there is no excuse to say that you didn't know. So let's revisit Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 26 says, Ponder the path of your feet, and let all your ways be established. In other words, it is to reflect on wants versus needs. Discern the times and act accordingly, and do not lean into your own desires. In doing so, it is the want that could become a snare by the enemy. So, you know, if you're married, enjoy your wife or your husband. Cherish what you have together. Because none of us knows for sure when any day may be our last. And a lot of people don't even have a husband or a wife. Many people are widows or they're single. I'm one of them. And, you know, we're to be setting our sights on the things of heaven, not the things and the wants of the earth. And, you know, revisiting Deuteronomy, this time a few chapters up, chapter 31, verse 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Put Jesus and the word first, and they will be a light unto thy path. And that's according to Psalm 119, verse 105. And bouncing back to Proverbs 4, this time verse 27. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. In other words, follow in his ways and put Jesus first in all things. He will show you the way. Jesus said, do not worry. Seek his kingdom first. His righteousness and everything you need, note the word need, will be added to you. You know, in closing, all this said today, and speaking of wants versus needs, some of you might recall that I mentioned in my previous episode that I'm having an air conditioning problem. And this has greatly affected my work. And it's an attack on my faith. But you see, the Lord is actually using it to strengthen my faith. The warranty is not covering the repair due to the corrosion from the dog pee. And this has made the last few weeks very uncomfortable for me. It's caused strife within my household. It's been warm. It's been just, you know, the latter part of the day, I can't get anything done because I can't have this computer on. I mean, this is a powerful computer. I use it for editing and converting my podcast to video. I can't have that running in this room. But you see, all of this is an opportunity to strengthen endurance. Any trial is. Could I go and purchase a portable AC unit for this room? Sure. I could get on homedepot.com and order a unit and have it here tomorrow. But you see, if I did that, then I would be listening to the enemy whisper comfort or convenience while I'm supposed to be in the discomfort of the battle. And I would pridefully be taking the situation into my own hands to fulfill my wants rather than relying on the Lord to send the provision, which is what he's trying to show me. So I'm waiting on him. You know, in the times coming, and indeed, they're already somewhat upon us, we need to know how to be relying upon God, not going our own way. Like James 4 says, how do I know what's going to happen tomorrow? I mean, I don't. Remember what Glinda said, about how when these things happen, more and more people will get mad at God and blame him. You see, this is a test of that, refining my faith even more to rely on him and not myself. That's a test on that sister who emailed me about having a child. It's like, well, seek him first, and if it's in his will to be added onto you, and if he's not answering your prayer, it's possible that maybe you need to put it on the shelf and just be content with how things are. You know, in all things. And you know, in my case, it's made it very difficult at times to want to work. 
You know, I've had to get up early in the morning to get things done and continue seeking him and doing the work while it's cool in the morning because later in the day, it gets very warm. And I get tired when it's warm. So, I mean, like I said, it's not comfortable. And though this has been a big inconvenience and is somewhat affecting me getting as much work done for Innocence Redeemed, if I did what I wanted to do in the name of comfort, I would then be turning to the right or left on my own and making pretentious plans against his will, like I had read from James 4 earlier. And I'm not going to do that. I recognize the baiting, and I'm not going to fall for it. Not only that, I would be being selfish, which wouldn't be fair to my brothers who live in the same house with me. So what I'm seeking is his blessing on this problem, so as to deliver me from it so I can give him the glory. You know, it's the same thing with anything we may want, whether it's having a child, which the same I just described may be selfish in what's coming. You know, you don't want to put a newborn baby or a kid through that. It could be buying a second home or moving here or there thinking you'll be safer without seeking the Lord first as to where you should go. You know, how do you know you're not putting yourself in danger? You see, like the title of the show is, there is wisdom in waiting not acting impulsively. Remember, we need to put him first in everything, and in doing so, that is that small voice which gives direction and discernment. Remember, a haughty spirit goes before a fall, and that is according to Proverbs 16, verse 18. We can submit to the Lord in any refining and work with him, or we can go against him and face the consequences and miss his blessing. It's all about choice, of which I have spoken about now many, many times. Better to submit than wander off the path of righteousness. Will it always be comfortable? No. But remember, in submission and allowing him to teach us and refine us is the blessing. We also need to remember these words from James, this time chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You know, we all have a tendency that we want answers immediately on the fly. But really, at times, the best thing to do is to wait so as to not make mistakes. And that said, my friends, that's all I have for you this week. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you and understanding what the Lord may have you do. As always, stay focused on him and never stop praying so you may hear that small but mighty voice being your guidance in times of trouble. And one last thing, everyone, please keep me in your prayers because, like I said, I'm facing some strenuous challenges right now, and I'm doing everything I can to stay on track with the ministry in between, staying in prayer and (laughs) trying to stay cool, but it is what it is, and I continue to do what I can to get the word out there for you guys. Jesus bless you, and until next time, be safe out there, and thanks for listening.